Welcome to the Why Did I Get Cancer podcast. I'm Deborah Herlax Enos, a small town girl turned TV nutritionist and healthy living expert. I design health programs for the average guy or gal, including those average guys named Metallica. On September 1st, 2020, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I asked every oncologist the same question, why did I get cancer? But none of my doctors had good answers for me. I wanted answers and that's why I started this podcast. I wanna help you to lower your cancer risk and provide self-care tips for those in the battle. I'm getting answers and I wanna share them with you. What did I take away from today's episode? That cancer is now the leading cause of death in our children. Dr. Keneally is very clear that it is time to sound the alarm. She gave us some great tips on how to prevent cancer, including that it takes 10 years for a cancer cell to turn into a tumor. Tune in to today's episode to get Dr. Keneally's tips on what you can do to prevent cancer. Today's guest, I'm so thrilled that you're on my podcast called Why Did I Get Cancer? Dr. Keneally is leading a cancer prevention revolution, which focuses on treating the patient with the disease and not the disease. And when I heard that, I just thought, oh my gosh, I need to talk to her. So welcome to Why Did I Get Cancer? Thank you so much for having me. Yes. And um, of course, during my cancer journey, I did not feel like a whole person. I just felt like a breast <laughs> for over a year. And can you tell us a little bit about what it means to treat the whole person? Well, we are one entire biological system. And unfortunately, medicine has gotten fragmented into body parts. So we have doctors who are specialists, so they might be a GI specialist, cardiologist, neurologist, pulmonologist, et cetera. And that's great when you have those zebra diseases. But when we treat any patient, it doesn't matter what the label is. We're one entire biological system. And so we must address the whole person because there are many, many facets to any disease. Every disease is multifactorial. And so Um, medicine has gotten, I call it the new conveyor belt medicine, where, okay, you get this label and here is the protocol. Whether you have high blood pressure, diabetes, cancer, everybody kind of fits into this box and no one takes into account how someone actually lives and how they got there because you you are a bio immune energetic accumulation of life experiences, exposures, et cetera. And so we can't just look at, okay, your final appearance uh, to the doctor with a situation, in, in your case, breast cancer, and not look at the entire uh, chronological from in utero to where you are now. And so your body knows all those things. Wow, your body does know all those things. And so then what you're saying is you look at what your patient is eating, maybe the environment they live in, exercise. So you're looking at all those facets. Right. Well, I always, you know, when patients come in, they don't necessarily understand 
integrative fun, functional biological medicine. There's lots of different terms out mm-hmm. there. Right. Like people don't know what functional means. People don't know really what integrative and people really don't know what biological means. They kind of just know Western medicine. Mm-hmm. And so um, I always tell patients like it's an integration of like everything that we know today And so like Western medicine, believe it or not, has only been around less than a hundred years. I think about that. Yeah. Man man has been around for hundreds of thousands of years. And literally a hundred years ago, there were no medicines. So doctors treated patients with potions and powders and you know, homeopathy and all kind of things like that. They didn't, there were, there were no medicines. Okay. So they had to use things that they had um, existed then, which is kind of, unfortunately, a lot of it's tried to be destroyed. And so, um, but I always tell patients, yes, I use, I'm a conventional doctor. So I've used conventional medical blood work and scans and x-rays and all that you know, it's beautiful. But at the same time, I'm also utilizing, okay, stress reduction techniques, evaluation of someone's lifestyle. Um, I'm looking at the bioenergetics of the person. So I'm using all these new, what I call updated medicine. People don't understand there's about 1.2 million PubMed articles per year. And so the new information that's coming out I mean, every nanosecond, something new and a lot of it's natural. A lot of it's energetic. You know, we now know that all cells emit biophotonic energy, you know. And so so we've got to integrate these new updated things with patients. And um, and so doctors should be always asking questions about, Okay, tell me how you live every day. All right. What is your sleep? How much water do you drink? What do you eat daily? How do you move? And probably one of the most important things is what has been the stress? If you have cancer, you usually kind of want to know what the stress has been in the last decade, the last 10 years. And because cancer takes from one cancer cell to tumor is about 10 years. So you want to know, okay, what significantly has happened in the last 10 years of your life. So if a doctor is not asking a patient how those very poignant questions, how in the world, I have no idea how they are going to take care of the patient, you know, and medicine has been decimated to a surgery or a drug or drugs. And we cannot possibly take care of patients. We rank 43rd in the world in healthcare in the world, 43rd. So that means you're better off living in a third world country medically than you are here. We spend, yeah, we spend two and a half times more than any other country. And 60% of our patients are walking around with a chronic illness, and that includes children. There's over 10 prescriptions written per man, woman, and child in the United States and diseases only increasing, okay? Heart disease, despite Lipitor or statin usage, heart disease is still high. 
cancer now is one in about one in two people, for sure one in two men, about 41% of females. And the third leading cause of death in this country is the paradigm of medicine. And so we should all be asking ourselves, like I've kind of been singing the alarm button of 911 for a very long time, because all of these things I find can be just, we could prevent and early detection of diseases, whatever it is, okay? I mean, look at the autism rates, okay? And I'm like, well, why aren't we all, all as a society, alarmed about this? Why is cancer the leading cause of death in children now? I mean, we should all be immediately saying, we've got to change the woman that wants to be pregnant now. We have to get her and her spouse healthy before they even have a child. And so, because uh, we all want to blame one thing for a disease, but there really isn't one thing. I mean, if you look, there's 100,000 chemical reactions taking place per second. I mean, the amount of things that influence that every single second is, is you know, Googleplex. And so, so we can't, put it, you know, as one etiology for a disease. All right. And so uh, medicine, uh, I know that medicine is trying to change, but we're about 20 years behind. And, and I say that because the doctor of today is just trained very robotically, unfortunately, to here's, here's a surgery and here's a medicine. And I'm not saying that I don't recommend surgery sometimes. And I'm not saying I don't recommend medication sometimes, but I always try to understand why, where, when, and how this patient has this problem. And so, and, and today, you know, unfortunately, you know, if you look at the health of, of humanity, it is, it, it is not good. All right. And so we've got to you, me, and all the other people who are trying to create this awareness of health and prevention and early detection you know, we have to continue to try to make this a very contagious movement because we, we, you know, we see the life expectancy is gone down every year. We see the health of our people is not good. You know, diabetes is increasing dramatically in young people and everything. So we, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to emergently make changes. It almost seems like um, it's kind of the frog in the pot. You know, I'm sure you've heard that expression. And if you throw a frog in boiling water, they're going to jump right out. But it almost seems like our medical system is the frog in the pot. And, you know, it's just slowly gotten worse. And we're not talking about it. It certainly isn't headline news. We've got so many other things in the news. And I'm just so sad that our children are really inheriting a broken medical system, and they're going to be sicker than their parents or grandparents. Is that is that an accurate statement? Right. Well, that's interesting you bring that up because in the last four months, um, the amount of young people, when I say young, 25 to 40, that I've been seeing that have cancer, it's unbelievably escalating. So I used to say that you kind of have a warranty until you're 40, 
And then from 40 to 60, you're on the semi-warranty plan and 60 up, it's just pre-repair, repair, upkeep and maintenance. And that's, that's not good or bad. That is just life, but you can optimize. Like we now know, we have a lot of optimization that we can do now. And, um, but now the amount of young people with cancer is, 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 is alarming. And I always tell people that the children, whether young children or young adults are the canaries in the mines telling us something that is, um, you know, wait, there's something not good going on. And, and these are people like, you know, I mean, they're not like, you know, they're, they're not like unusual situations. These are just like, whoa. I mean, I had a 20 yesterday afternoon, I had a 25 year old melanoma on her forehead. All right. I had a 30 year old uh, with melanoma on her pubic area. And, and these are young people that, okay, they're not like terribly, you know, like they're not really so unhealthy. Okay. And uh, so you're just like, whoa, I mean, Hodgkin's lymphoma, I mean, breast cancer, a lot of young women, they're, they're breastfeeding and they have, uh, they find a lump and you're like, and, and these are people who are like, they're not that unhealthy people. It's not like they're just out of control, pre-diabetic, obese, and, you know, other medical comorbidities. These are patients that don't have any comorbidities. And so comorbidity is meaning other disease process. So we have to say, okay, what is going on? And I think personally, it's two things. I think it's stress because I'm, I grew up in an age where, you know, when you're 25 or 30, it's kind of, we were footloose, fancy free, you know, happy, simple. I mean, you know, I'll be 65 this year. And so it was a lot it was a lot different environment. I didn't have my, I didn't have a phone. I didn't have Instagram. I didn't have all this constant stimulation. And I wasn't sedentary because you're moving around because you, you do, that's what you do. And I mean, I don't think people ate that great that in that time period. Um, but now I find that I think there's so much external stress and so much stress and then the environmental pollution is now really out of control. And we've, we've instituted, like, in the last 30 years, all this new technology, industrials, you know, revelations. That, and we haven't, it's all unchecked. It, it's all unchecked, you know, like, whether it's the water, whether it's the nanoplastics, whether it's the heavy metals, the pharma water, the EMFs, the whole, I, I think it's this environment. Uh, of of this whole environmental toxic soup that um, we're just, it's just totally unchecked. And so it's like cigarettes, you know, cigarettes were advertised in medical journals and as like, okay. And that took 50 years to realize, you know, they cause cancer. Um, and, and so we find out, you know, 40 years later, oh no, we shouldn't have done that. And so we need to get the microscope out, but the papers are all there, you know, like the papers, the, you know, whether it's the xenoestrogens, that's just one, you know, one environmental toxin. I mean, if you look at everything else, I mean, you add all this up and I tell people no one can possibly, I don't care how brilliant you are, 
the synergistic potential of all of these exposures adds a bioaccumulative over time that, I, I mean, I don't think anyone knows what that possible chemical soup and what it can do to your system. And so we all have to kind of, you know, get our body in order, our body and mind in order. And there is this path and, and we do know we do know that because I see it here every day. We teach our patients how to live and think differently and they get better. And, you know, um, we, we know that. We know that. And, you know, there's other big institutions that are trying to incorporate lifestyle medicine into a system. It's just, you know, to turn those ocean liners around are so, 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 you know. <laughs> So slow. And and you're right. It's and it's also, you know, asking asking questions. And you might hear something from your local government or, you know, whatever it is. And I think you have to ask questions. It kind of makes me think about I grew up in California, uh, Northern California, Chico, California. We were almond and walnut farmers. And I remember as a kid, we had the um, some sort of a fruit fly that was hitting California. And so these crop dusters would come through and just dump, you know, however many tons of malathion all over our neighborhood. So we were not allowed to go outside for 15 or 20 minutes. And then all the malathion would be gone and we could go outside and ride our bikes and play and all those things. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. right, right. So we did grow up in a very uh, toxic environment. And it's, you know, I completely agree with you. It's not getting better because we're adding more things to it. So yes, maybe we're not spraying fruit flies with malathion. We're not um, putting mercurochrome, which was kind of a mercury-based, right. um, which I remember I couldn't, I couldn't wait to get scratches so I could get that really cool, you know, mercury on my skin. <laughs> To be an antiseptic. And so, yeah, we, we just, we didn't know. We didn't know what we didn't know. And so now we know a lot, but we also have more things that we need to be wary of. Would you agree with that? Yeah, totally. I mean, look at, look at, uh, you know, the glyphosate with Monsanto's weed killer. Okay. I mean, they're using that everywhere and it's in the air and it's on the crops and everything. And we still know, we we know that it contributes to cancer and that's why they have thousands and thousands of lawsuits. But again, it's still being used. So it's like other countries don't allow it and we do. And how is that okay? All right. And then look at the GMO, they instituted GMO. Oh, this is great. This is wonderful. But now if you look at all the scientific studies, it's not so great and wonderful. I know because I'm a victim of a drug that was used a long time ago to prevent miscarriage and bleeding in pregnant women. And, you know, they knew that drug. They used that drug for 42 years before. It, they, I mean, they knew it was carcinogenic and they were still using it. Really? Is that DES? DES, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, they knew all this, but we're, we're, we're continuing to do this every single day in medicine. I mean, if you look up any medication, it has a, 
a slew of a thousand side effects. And I'm, again, I'm not saying that I never use medicine, but I usually tend to use old medicine. Uh, and then a lot of things you can fix literally with lifestyle intervention and, you know, targeted nutrients. And um, I know because I've been doing this for 35 years and these pearls, you know, weren't just, they maybe just not around now. They've been around for years and years and years. And so, um, so we have to, we've got to, for one, learn from history, but two, incorporate these things that are non-injurious and non-immunosuppressive to patients. But in disease process, when we work up patients, we need to work them up to optimize them, okay? If you optimize them, then I only see them once a year. I don't see them every week or every couple of weeks because, you know, they're here with stage four cancer or some other, you know, very serious illness. And so... Uh, so we just we we've got to do it. And, and you know, I always say that self-care is the new health care. You'd be better off just really learning how to master your self-care and then you'll have less likely. And then you can go verify it with a physician, a functional integrative medicine physician who can say, yeah, this is kind of some fine tuning you need to do. And so because and, and, you know, the way we work up, even though now I. I work up a 25-year-old just like I work up a 55-year-old now. And, and the reason is that is that because I'm seeing so many young patients, because one of the other big things that I see is so much hormonal imbalance because the, the, the toxins really influence our hormones and the production of hormones. I mean, if you look at just in males, testosterone, I would say probably 80% of males have low testosterone, all right? And they're 25, 30 years old. Really? And they said- Which they should be driven by testosterone at that age. Exactly. More testosterone than brains, my husband will say. (laughs) Right. And the testicle size has decreased 50%. So this should, all, all of this should be so alarming to really our society. I mean, you know, we, we, if, you know, let's forget all these other big things in corp. We need to think about, wow, what is going on with the human being so that our society is, can continue and can be successful. And so, you know, because a lot of people that are, you know, autism experts, I am not an autism expert, but they talk about like, how can we proper continue this? This is not, you know, this is not okay. I mean, when I went to medical school, I mean, there was like a paragraph on autism. Now there's libraries on autism and people talk about autism, but we need to say, how are we going to prevent autism? All right. And again, autism is not one illness. The mother is downloading tons of toxins. We know that by looking at their blood, their breast milk, the placenta, we know that. And I think it's just like this, you know, perfect storm of everything that's creating this and so and creating these weaknesses and you know you talk we talk about epigenetics epigenetics is how something influences your own genetics and so it's not like you're genetically predisposed no you're not genetically predisposed because genetics takes you know many generations right but it's it's how this exposome exposome is 
what you are exposed to in your whole life and how that's going to physically, mentally, emotionally manifest. We know like emotions, for example, people don't realize we have an emotional DNA. And that goes back, they say nine generations now. That's what it used to be five. And now this, the science shows nine. And so um, anyway, so we, we also have to, you know, we never in medicine really think about, okay, how I never think about that. So, and, you know, the latest things, you know, like they say from what's in utero to seven years old, seven years of age is the most profound time in your life. Like, and who remembers what happens to happen to them at two years old? I mean, I don't, you don't. And so, um, so that they say is like the most profound experience. Well, who asks you? And then how do you know? So that's why you have to have an outsider person, objective, going over your, you know, I call it transgenerational analysis to, to see how, what, what those things affected you, right? Right. Asking questions, it sounds like. Just asking questions. Interesting. So do you think, um, Dr. Keneally, this is why we are, you're seeing more cancer in that 25-year-old-ish to 40-year-old-ish because of the toxicity of the parents? Right. Well, I, not just parents, toxicity of parents and then everything they're exposed to. And and it's like this perfect storm in your life. And and what I I have always seen some young patients with cancer. But now in the last four months is when we've really seen a dramatic, I mean, dramatic increase in young people. And so I'm like, whoa, what is going on here? And one of my pet peeves is, is electromagnetic fields. And so, so a lot of people have, you know, they poo-poo, you know, that uh, uh, understanding um, but I, I, I've been researching it and reading about it for f- literally 14 years. And I know that that is a significant because I'm not the only person studying it and researching, uh, but lots of people are talking about it. There's, you know, tremendous amount of scientists worldwide, not just in the U.S. And, and you know, people poo-poo it because it's invisible. You don't see the energy frequency of your phone and iPad and cell towers. You don't see it, okay? So if it's you don't see it, you know, it's not there. Uh, but, but they found that, you know, if you just put, if a gentleman put their cell phone in their pocket, their fertility went down. Now they're saying an increase in colorectal cancers in people because they wear their phone in their back pocket or in their front pocket. So you're changing the energy frequency. So... So it is a real, real problem. You know, we have like glioblastoma. Okay, we never saw glioblastoma before. Okay, now we're, you know, seeing glioblastoma. I mean, come on. You know, this is, this is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And can you remind the audience what glioblastoma is? So glioblastoma is a cancer that is manifested in your brain. And I tell people it's like an octopus. So it's got its main, you know, main part of the tumor with tentacles. And everyone needs to understand that cancer just doesn't appear unless you're in Chernobyl, okay, or exposed to, you know, nuclear, you know, power plants and nuclear, you know, explosions. 
that's when cancer grows real rapidly, okay? And people can watch Chernobyl and you can see what radiation does to your body. It was a great, a great series. Uh, but, but cancer takes, you know, about 10 years. Your body's so wonderful and smart and resilient and adaptable. But at the same time, we've got to respect it and treat it properly to create this homeostasis that we're trying to achieve every day. But, you know, I tell patients, you're not living in a Petri dish which, where I'm controlling the medium every day. You're you're exposed to thousands and thousands of different influences. I mean, think about it when you sleep. OK. And your room is an electrical. You know, you've got TVs on and you've got a Wi-Fi router. <laughs> Routers and um, smart meters and the extraneous from all the neighbors coming through your windows and doors. And then, okay, do you have mold in your house? Do you have chemicals in your house? What kind of chemical cleaners? I mean, if you do a forensic analysis of everything and how you live um, from the shower water, you know, it's, it's got chlorine, fluorine, former water, toxic water in there. Okay. What are you drinking? You know, you, you must drink purified water because the water is contaminated, all right? It's terribly contaminated. And then you think about the lotions and potions and stuff that you use on your body, whether it's the shampoo or creams or lotions, et cetera, right. et cetera. Et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, okay, what do you use in your dishwasher? Most dishwasher soap is terrible. Okay, I didn't and, know that. Yeah, I mean, terrible, all right? And then, you know, what kind of dishes do you have lead-laden arsenic dishes or do you have, you know, you know, uh, dinnerware that is proper and not you're ingesting it. And then, you know, they just found out, I'm sure you probably saw about the uh, nanoplastics they found in blood now. So we're, we're eating about a credit card a day of nanoplastics. Okay. So if we're eating it, that means the, all the things you're eating have it also. Okay. So, and nanoplastics are very, very difficult to remove. Probably infrared sauna is probably the best way. That's what I'm hearing um, as well. And right. now we have these new, in medicine, you know, these new filtering uh, plasma phoresis that can filter your blood. And so, um, so that will be a beneficial technology uh, for the future because, unfortunately, we're probably all going to have to start filtering our blood because there's so much toxicity. And then if you talk to all the environmental, last year they had the American Academy of Environmental Medicine, which they have every year. And, you know, none of the speakers talked to each other. And every single one of them said that, you know, environmental pollution is our number one concern. And so, but what are we doing about it? Because I was I was getting ready to do something on plastics. And, you know, they've been suing the plastics industry for like 20 years. And it's you know, it's a $25 billion industry. Well, nothing's changed. Just like glyphosate, nothing has changed. So I tell people these industries are so powerful that money exceeds, you know, the value of health. And so that means you've got to create your own personal sanctuary, your own personal space as good as possible and start incorporating these counterbalancing techniques, whether it's sauna or detox baths, you're eating, you know, stress control, all of these things to create um, this homeostasis that you need. And, and and it's very, very, very clear where we are because all you have to do is stand on any corner and you'll see the health of humanity. It is not good. 
such an amazing conversation about cancer prevention. Tune in next week for part two of my conversation with Dr. Lee Aaron Keneally. One of my favorite supplement companies is Seeking Health. This company was created by Dr. Ben Lynch, author of Dirty Jeans. I'm a huge fan. And one of the products that I love so much that he's created is this liquid vitamin D. My body has a hard time breaking down supplements. So I love the flexibility of having liquid vitamins. And I started this product a few weeks ago. I went to get my vitamin D tested and it had gone up significantly. So I was thrilled with the results. And use the code ENOSMAY22 for 10% off your order. Thank you for joining me today on the Why Did I Get Cancer podcast. I've got my shopping guide for all of my cancer self-care items in the show notes, along with information about today's guest and our show sponsors. And don't forget to subscribe to my podcast so you never miss an episode. Keep in mind, I'm not a doctor. I'm just a gal that got diagnosed with cancer and wanted answers. If you need medical advice, please be sure to consult with a medical professional. And thank you for listening. 